No father drew his bowstring, bending the cedar limbs of his weapon near to breaking. Using the flint tip of his arrow as a guide, he followed the fleeing shape as it ran. The arrow sang a deadly song as it flew through the air. With a wet thud, the stone point buried itself between the fleeing form's shoulder blades, a gout of red blooming upon burnished skin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rogues in the House. I am super excited about this episode. We are doing a very cool seasonal review. First time we've done something like this. A seasonal review of all the cool up-and-coming sword and sorcery and sword and sorcery adjacent uh, things that are coming up. All the, the shows. Uh, we got some some games, some books. Uh, so just a whole bunch of stuff that we want to talk about. But before we get into that, Let's introduce the hombres on my left and right here. Matt and Logan, what's going on? Not a lot. It's uh, it's Thursday. A payday tomorrow. That's nice. It's Friday. That's always good. It is Thursday. And in, the, uh, in our world, that's Friday Eve, baby. <laughs> it's Friday Eve. Thursday is Canadian Friday Eve. I like it. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's, our, what's our weather like up in uh, the frozen north? Uh, well, we just got smacked with a hurricane on the East coast of Canada. Yep. Yep. Uh, which wasn't, uh, I mean, we lost much of the province. It was the biggest power outage in our history. Oh, wow. Um, it was pretty substantial. Um, sounds like you got it as bad as Alabama. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Um, so we, uh, I only lost power for uh, like less than 24 hours, which was fantastic. But a lot of people uh, made out far worse. It was, it was sort of like the first full week back of school, but uh, lost two days on that. So, you know, off to an interesting start to the uh, to the yeah. work year. Right. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Yeah. That was the that was the same hurricane that I was in uh, partially in Florida for. Yeah. Wait, had, seriously? It went all the way up the East Coast? That thing was yeah. a monster. I didn't, I didn't realize it went that far. So, I thought it was a separate hurricane. Yeah, so I mean, everyone's heard about it hitting the Bahamas, right? And mm. and it like decimated the Bahamas as like, uh, as like the hardest hitting hurricane ever, essentially. Yeah, and so at the time when I was in Florida, they were like, this thing's coming and you all got to get out of here. <laughs> so my wife and I were down for Disney with my daughter. And we immediately were like, okay, let's, let's redo our, let's redo our flight. So we bailed out. Uh, we were supposed to fly out Tuesday when the hurricane um, was going to touch down in the Florida area, which of course the, the track ended up changing a little bit. They still canceled our original flight. So we, it was wise for us to get out of there because we had to get my daughter to, to school. She would have missed the first day of school for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was kind of, it was like a weird, calm panic that they had in, in Florida for a while. Cause like they're used to it and I can't imagine being used to that sort of thing. Uh, but they're all just like, yeah, no, you go get your supplies and all that. And it was looking fairly dire yeah, uh, for a while. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in other news that isn't, uh, apocalyptic storms, what are we doing today? Uh, we are going to get into this in about a minute. Uh, mm. I, I'm, I'm, f- I'm, I'm really fired up for this whole thing. Cause we have a good lineup of stuff. Uh, I'm hoping what this kind of winds up being for listeners is like the buffet menu of all the awesome stuff that's coming up 
uh, in the fall and beyond for them to just like fill up their plate and get super hyped about all this. Um, I think kind of the style that we're going to take here, uh, I mean, we could do whatever we want, but we'll go through each one and sort of talk about our own hopes and expectations for these briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And are we still going to do, we're still going to do our, our, our thing, right? Bizarre the bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can still okay, do that. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. Um, and with that, the bizarre of the bizarre. Smoke sound effect. Is that what yeah, that was? yeah. It's the whole thing. It seemed really smoky and like yeah. the glittering bubbles. Uh, yeah, the like, last bit of thing. Yeah, no, not the beginning of not the beginning of Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath. <laughs> All right, so who wants to go first for bizarre? Uh, Logan seemed keen yeah. on it. Let's hear what he's yeah. got to say. Yeah. So, um, now I will preface this with saying that I haven't actually bought the video game yet, but I am excited about it. It came out earlier this week. It's called Greedfall. Um, it is an RPG, um, that is kind of in the style of like the Witcher meets Dragon Age because you like get a party. Um, but I'm excited for, a, about it for a couple of reasons. I think the big one I'm really excited for is that, uh, it, its setting is colonial, like colonial American, which you don't see in fantasy very often. I, I have read two books that are in a colonial fantasy world, and I really like them, but they are young adult books, and I think that's unfortunate. Um, but uh, the aesthetic of of English colonies and French colonies and fur trappers and that stuff is really appealing to me, even if it does have some flintlock gunpowder in it. And that seems to be what this RPG is about. Uh, you are a noble, and you're going to make your character, and your old world country, which is clearly England, is fraught with plague, and you need a new place to live. And luckily enough, your country has found new lands, America, clearly. And uh, there's native uh, people, which I think is unfortunate. They didn't just go outright make them Native American. They're like elf people. But it is what it is. It's Avatar. Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, they look like they have like deer antlers on their heads, yeah. I think, if I saw the art right. right. Um, but uh, the idea of a colonial fantasy is cool because like, you have your warrior with your swords, and it's actually more like a three musketeers type sword fighter. Um, and you have your rogues. Um, I think they call them technicals. And they're like flintlock gunfighters. And then uh, you have mages which is not something you uh, like. You don't usually see magic and guns next to each other in fantasy settings. I think that's fun. Um, I also think it's important because it is a, I, I hesitate to call it a budget title, but it's, it's $10 cheaper than the average game because it has a smaller budget. Um, it's not an indie game. It's definitely way higher quality than what you would think of an indie game as um, good graphics, like open world, stuff like that. Actual deep, in, like fairly deep RPG mechanics, um, but it's not on the scale of something like The Witcher or Dragon Age or yeah, Skyrim. Yeah, like a, like a double A, a double A title. Yeah, a double A title. And I'm, I don't get much time for video games. I don't, but I think it's important that we have a market between indie games and triple A titles. Because um, back in the day, like on the N64, that was a that was a big thing. There were a lot of games that were in that mid grade that were still fun and still good. Um, but maybe you couldn't afford to get the biggest title. And a lot of these big AAA titles just pump out yearly, and I think that's a detriment to uh, creativity. 
in that in that art medium. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I think the the indie scene is definitely where the creativity is. I think a lot of the AAA titles, uh, it's been well established, follow a formula. Yeah, um, and definitely. and you know, I mean, as good as the Assassin's Creed stuff is, um, depending you know where you fall on that. Again, a lot of these are, are formulaic. I think right. Nintendo's probably the ones that develop AAA that are actually uh, really deviate each time. Right, and um, even then, Nintendo's AAA titles are cheaper because they are. They go for style and substance over graphics. Bombast. Yeah, yeah, graphics. Yeah, heavy hitting so, graphics, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Um, yeah, no, it's, that's pretty awesome. I, I think I might. You said that's a PC only thing, right? No, it's PC and console. Oh, it is console. Is it? Yeah. It's is it single player or is it multiplayer? It, it is single player. Yeah, I wish it was multi. Right. Um, it, it was something that I think is interesting. Um, is that like combat? It is like real time combat, but it also has the option to pause it, and then like you can like look around the battlefield. Oh, that's kind of like, like a Dragon like, Age. Dragon yeah, Age exactly. Did a lot that. like Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, I got to ask before we switch off the whole video game thing. Uh, did you look at Borderlands 3 yet? Oh my god, I love Borderlands. I know you do, I, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I mean, honestly, a sequel should just be more of what I liked about the other ones, and it looks just like that. Yeah. So, is, I, is it out, Is it out yet, or is it not out yet? It comes out the 14th, I believe. Are you getting I, it? I will eventually. My friend, my best friend French, um, we played all through two together, like maybe six times. Because um, it was something you could sit next to each other and play on one TV. And yeah. A lot of games don't do that anymore. Yep. Couch co um, Yeah, and that's super fun. So at some point, hopefully I get time to play video games and I'll probably pick up Borderlands 3 and French and I'll play through it. Yeah, I'm in that boat. I want to get that one. And I'm in the boat with uh, the similar boat with Monster Hunter because that um, that expansion just came out and I have you not got it. Monster Hunter. Yeah, and I have not got it. Uh, I probably will get it. Like maybe like Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's very very hard for me to find the hours in the day now. Yeah. But anyways, enough on me lamenting about my life and schedule. <laughs> on my end of things, uh, I got two. I'm gonna do a a half and half. I got two real quick things. So first is my own shameless plug. Uh, I am officially a. Uh, professional narrator of sorts. I've, I've, I have narrated for money. I do a lot of things for money. And now narration is also one of them. Uh, yeah, I um, got myself a narrating gig uh, for a short story. You can get it on Audible called Unfinished Business by Justin Fulkerson. Uh, it's sort of a psychological thriller. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I did post it on the thing, uh, on, on our page, so I won't, um, I won't plug too hard, but it'd be great if you checked it out. Um, I think at some point I do have some codes. So at some point I want to do a giveaway and I don't, I don't know what the terms of the giveaway would be, but I'm sure we could think of something, something cool for that. So I'd like to give yeah. away a couple of codes to our, our listenership. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty sweet. Uh, it was really fun to do. Learned a lot, learned a lot about narrating. Did you know that your voice changes like every day? I did not know that. Yeah, like having the exact same consistent tone from one day to another is not a small feat, I found out. Oh, I bet. And for any of you potential narrators out there, um, figure that part out because that's that's tough. <laughs> figure that out. So, yeah, there that's that half. Uh, and then my uh, second half is a very Logan-centric. And actually, Matt, I think you watched it too. 
but I got myself engaged in season one of From Dusk Till Dawn, the series, which was yeah. on El Rey uh, several years ago. I think it's 2014 was the first season. And, it has, and it's on Netflix now, right? It's on Netflix now, which is where I'm watching it. And uh, it's awesome. It's so good. The first season has basically been a sort of a extended remake of the the movie, the, the original movie, uh, which I'm totally cool with. Like, you know, the, the, the brothers go and they rob the little liquor store. They move on. They end up picking up the, um, the preacher father with his kids and mm-hmm. they get to the, the bar, all the, uh, vampiric craziness goes down. But, Whoa, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. I know. I know. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. There, there are no vampires in that movie. Uh, <laughs> But is but Aaron in the show? But uh, no, he wasn't actually. I was a little I was a little disappointed by that. But the guy they got to replace him was uh, was up to the task. Awesome. He had his own flair, but he like channeled it. You know, like Wait, which had, which guy are we talking about? The the guy that Cheech Marin plays in the at the bar. He's oh, like the yeah. he's like the bar MC guy. Yeah, yeah. Now, um it's hard R. What we'll say. This is true. Uh, Actually, this yeah, is, this is, is true. I wondered if it was on a TV station. But uh, I know. I don't know yeah. how they pulled it off. There is de- sure. there's nudity in it. Uh, oh. When, when you by the time you get to the bar, there's nudity in it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's and, graphic. Though. And it and it has some gruesome uh, like murder scenes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but so what I wanted to say though, the part that like really gets me on this is they get and this is this is the Logan part here. Uh, they get deep into like the the Mesoamerican, uh, I'll call it like faux mythology because it's I, I'm sure it's it's embellished if any of it's rooted in any truth. Um, but they talk about the nine uh, the nine like the nine dark lords I think it is, uh, and essentially this is like a serpent cult that uh, is is branched off of that, and that is where these vampires um, sort of sort of come from. And, and I won't get, I actually don't want to spoil too much of it because they're not true vampires in the, in the like Dracula sense. Ooh. Um, so they have sort of their own, um, their own flavor to them, uh, which I'll, I'll leave for anyone who wants to watch that. The but, sense. but it's really cool. And they, they get into that. They get into um, more how uh, one of the, the bank robber brothers is influenced and sort of contacted through sorcerous means by um, by that female dancing vampire uh, who plays a much larger role in this as well. That's Selma Hayek's character. Selma right? Hayek's character, and she plays. She doesn't play it, but that character yeah. has a larger role in the, in the series now. Uh, it, it's it's really good. I'm very excited for the second and third seasons. I I know that this thing kind of gets cut short. I don't think it has proper closure. Uh, but that's okay. As a fan of Twin Peaks, uh, I am okay with things not sure. ending uh, sure. with yeah. with a proper bow and uh, you know bow and wrapping paper on it. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is my pitch to Logan that you should check it out right at, right after this podcast. Yeah, I uh, I I enjoyed the first season. My wife and I watched a while back, and I I actually don't even know that I knew there was um, subsequent seasons. Yeah, so. And they're on Netflix, you say? Yeah, two and three are on uh, Netflix. It's uh, enough, for you would be another twenty episodes total. It's thirty uh, wow. from start to finish, about Crazy. an hour each. Which you know, that's an investment, but like it's it's compact and it's really it's tight. It's pretty tight. Yeah, I recall it definitely being uh, watchable for a genre fan for yeah, sure. Yeah, for to delve into uh, Mesoamerican mythology or faux mythology, um, 
I know I'm sure that we could probably dig up some kind of controversy on using stuff like that, but um, it's it's an untapped font of fantasy. I yes. just yeah. don't get it. Like, well, I but, mean, when you yeah. when you consider representation overall, yeah. in uh, yeah. I think that's the big thing. thing. Yeah, yeah I, cool. I think that's the big thing. I mean, you you can find controversy in anything if you really look for sure. it, sure. but. Um, you know, the, the tip of the hat is going in that direction as opposed to other Western constants that are that are always there. It, it's pretty cool. And frankly, yeah. that from what I've seen in that series, they have done what I'll call sorcery. It is done right. It is done really well. And it's like it's packaged nicely. Um, and I get it. There's like a fine line between sorcery and vampire power. Uh, but like the whole cult thing sorceress origins it it fits and it definitely um you know it hits that niche for me awesome. cool uh yeah i will probably uh check that out just finished watching mind hunter the first uh or the, the the two seasons of that that are on netflix i have that in my queue it looks too heavy no nah, it's really good man it's like um i mean it's procedural sort of about discovering about serial killers and identifying them and trying to predict and analyze behavior uh, by interviewing them. Anyways, I'm not I'm not going into that, but it is a solid show. It's not one of those like uh, David Fincher's behind it, who is a solid director. We've been um, watching the uh, Great British British Breaking Show. It's a solid okay. show. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to cut you off right there. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, Mindhunter is a solid watch if you're not watching <laughs> that. Um, also on Netflix, Netflix getting a lot of love here. I'm going to bring up the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Oh yes, I started that too. Now, let me just start with saying I don't really love it. Now, that said, it is absolutely impressive and stunning in all the ways that it should be. Um, I think it's just that I don't care about what's happening at all. So I'm, I'm, and I'm going to use an adjective um, that I always get mad at kids for using. And I will just say to me, it's kind of boring, despite how gorgeous it is. Not that it is boring, just to me, I'm not that gripped by it. And I, I'm tuning out when I shouldn't be. Yeah, the, that, the, the plot doesn't grip you. And it doesn't surprise me because it's... Well, a, it's, it's the a, characters don't grip me either. Like sure. There's just nothing. There's no real draw other than how I... I so let me just, with that out of the way, um, I will keep watching it because I just respect what they're doing so much as far as... Um, going back and it's not just a show they're resurrecting an art form that you don't see very often it's yeah. a, it's a, medi it's a yeah. medium all onto itself and um just this evening i started watching the making of which is also they included when they released it and i mean you just get to see how much love and care was put into this and it's one of those things that maybe i don't love it but i'm so happy it's there i'm so happy somebody did it and it's a it's a massive testament to the people who put it together that they did it the way that they did. Like it's a tremendous. You could have just CGI'd it or animated it, which they had been playing with uh, the idea, but they eventually just said, "No, we're going back to puppets, and we're going to do this the best damn way that we can." A wise, a wise decision, right? And they and they got they got the uh, the best team together that they could, including Henson's and uh, the Frouds. Uh, family who who basically were the concept designers for most of it. I got to drop a fun fact, or at least this yeah. is an internet fun fact and nothing I've verified. 
I sure. I read that one of the puppeteers for for this show is the baby who is in the movie Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Is this true? Yeah, yeah I, think I think it's I think it's one of the uh, the Froud's. Uh, what's his name? Uh, his first name, something Froud. Anyways, I believe his son is one of the puppeteers. They yeah. say so. That's crazy. I, just, I didn't catch whether he was the puppeteer or not. I think he is. I was kind of minding a three year old. So. Do you understand? Do you understand the weirdness <laughs> though of like the fact that he was in Labyrinth, which is a heavy puppet movie, and it like yeah, yeah. as a child like was so ingrained in him that he grew up to become that. Well, I think I think it's because he was within a family that was also already doing associated. It. Yeah, with that. okay, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I, so I, I don't know the exact connection, but yeah, I just fun fact. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I just want to. I mean, and, and this is really all I want to say about it is just um, it's just absolutely impressive to me that somebody does take the right direction on something like that. They take, they don't take the easy way. Um, and they, they actually get it done. It's, it's just not something you see that often. And I feel like we lament so much that things aren't done the right way, or they're not done with the right approach, or they're phoning it in, or they're just exploiting an IP. This is absolutely not that. Um, man, I just feel like they, even though I don't particularly love the show, they deserve uh, credit where credits due here immensely. Yeah, yeah, they should be they should be lauded. Yeah. So another fun fact about Dark Crystal, um, there's an early 2000s sci-fi show called Farscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and Jim Jim Henson, um, like that co- company or whatever, they did the puppets for some of the aliens, the Skeksis, the bad guys in the Dark Crystal. Um, they show up in Farscape. Oh, neat! Oh. Nice little yeah, Easter egg. So- yeah, so they're connected. They're a bad guy in one episode. Um, yeah, see, that's interesting. It's like when um, I, I would be curious to know the rights, who who owns which rights, because you have like a, there's a connection between like Alien and Blade Runner, right? Right. There can't, there can't be any the official Blade crossover. Tawny, right? It shows up yeah. in the signs, signage. Yeah, and little known fact is the movie Soldier uh, yes. starring Kurt Russell was actually written by one of the co-writers of the original Blade Runner and it is essentially exists within the same setting and you can even see one of the spinner cars uh, in the background of that movie on the trash planet. It's so, funny. So, There's a... Yeah, YouTube they can't series. officially... I love uh, stuff like over. that. Like uh, the other one, uh, probably one of the famous ones is when you see E.T. or the, the E.T.s oh, yeah. in, uh, in the Senate. Wars. Yeah, in the Senate in, in Star Wars. There's a really good well, YouTube Disney, video. Disney must own ET now. Yeah. Uh, good question. I don't know. Probably. There's a really what good don't YouTube they own? Video. I mean, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a YouTube really good, video, Logan. Yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> Channel called um, uh, Good Bad Flicks, and they do that soldier movie with Kurt Russell, and they talk a pretty in depth about its connections to that universe. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So without further ado, I think we should get into the meat and potatoes of this one. Uh, and we will. We have our list. Uh, I think that we should go in no particular order. So I'm going to call out uh, the first one, and it's probably one of the biggest guns. This is a good one to lead with. Uh, we're going to start with The Witcher. Ooh. Yeah, this is, why not come out with a big gun, right? So and, I know this is yeah. one you guys are super excited about. Do we know I the am. Do we know the date that this is coming out? I think I, as it, much as we can, we should try to call it. 29 days. 29 days. I well, saw it no. 
it was not, leaked today, wasn't it? That's not confirmed. The date they're showing oh. is on a Tuesday. Netflix does not drop shows on a Tuesday. Oh, uh, what do you so work for Netflix? It, well, when have you seen a Netflix show debut on a Tuesday? I they, don't they, know. I don't pay attention drop, to they that. They drop big shows on Fridays. This is how um, Netflix drop shows. They drop a show, and then oh. two weeks later, I realize it's on. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> because, because you watched. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, you no, know, it actually... It does uh, be November, isn't it? Well, I, I suspect it's going to be in December. Um, and I think that date is probably That would be 29 days, then. No, it's not. It's not twenty nine days. It's in like uh, it's in like almost three months. Is okay. What I All right. Let's move aside from Maybe. that, since we could probably overfocus yeah. on the the granularity of a date that we don't know. Well, and odds are they'll probably tell us what the date is before this uh, taping even airs. That also yeah. could very well happen too. Yeah. In any case, we do have The Witcher uh, coming out. Um, I feel like the anticipation with this is. Uh, it, it is it is cautious optimism overall on on the internet, right? You, you'll get your you get your crowd who are like, oh, it's totally stupid because it's totally social justice show. Like you're gonna get that angle because they cast people whom you know who who people a lot of people are expressing they don't they're not a fan of the casting. And you know what? Maybe uh, maybe when we see the show, they won't be right for the role. I just. I'm always a fan of waiting to see on on those issues in particular, especially cast. Like you're not you're not in the room uh, uh, when these you know the casting is taking place, or when the auditions are taking place, or when they're doing script readings. You don't know the dynamics, right? There's just a lot of unknowns. So um, I think I, there's something really important about the show that I want to stress. Yeah. Because um, a, a lot of people they came to The Witcher because of The Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Which is yeah. an amazing game made by an amazing company that that loves The Witcher and everything, but that's not what we're gonna see in the Netflix show. It's not no. adapt. It's not an adaptation of any of the video games. It's a direct and, adaptation of the books. Yeah, and in fact, they they can't right. Um, they can't go into stuff in the video games too much because those are different rights, as I understand it. So, um, video game stuff is going to disappoint you. Yeah, and that's tough. That, video game stuff. That's just tough because because um, you know I played the third game and loved it. I yeah. love the music. I love the setting. I love the tone. I love Geralt's voice. You know, I love all the characters and the actors, and so it's going to be tough for me to separate. But you know, I'm a big boy, and I can I can do that in my brain. And I've read you know I read the first three books as well, depending on what order you place them, but um. You know, I, I'm, I am totally open-minded. What I want is a quality dark fantasy show. Um, and if it's, I, I really don't need it to hew incredibly closely to the exact plot points of the book. Um, if it's good, it's good. As far as I'm seeing, I'm not that close to it that it will drive me crazy if something right. is so, a little different. And that's that. Where I'm coming from with this is I have zero. Shame me if you'd like. Zero Witcher experience at all. I don't it's know fine. the books. I yeah. don't know the I don't know the games. Like I've seen videos of the games. I get the gist, but uh, I don't know the lore. I don't really know anything about the characters. Uh, so what I guess my hope and expectation for this is that this has a good representation of both. 
Um, and I realize they can't necessarily take the plot and lift the plot of the games. Uh, but you know, the characteristics of the, of these characters should be represented in the game from the games as well. Right. I mean, that should be, that should go between the books and, and the games. I would think. Right. The game, the games, yeah. the games an adaptation of, of this, the, the book elements. However, I believe all of the games take place after the narrative thread in the books. I may be yeah. mistaken on that. The first game, ta- like right. the first game introduces Geralt having amnesia, which doesn't happen in the books because that's your setup for RPG stuff. Gotcha. Like, oh, yeah. Interesting. So Which the is- three, the three uh, games, they're all this plot. Like one and two kind of resolve the amnesia, and then three is a sequel to the amnesia plot. Um, but they're a self-contained loop that don't really have any bearing on the the novels or the short stories. They just use the characters and world. Great. I mean, so like for me, this is great. I feel like right. I'm coming in fresh, and I will get. Uh, what I hope, I mean, let's assume that this is good and this delivers the goods that everyone hopes it will. I want it to be that a, a definitive representation. And you know, it's going to be funny. I'm going to be on the other end because I always complained about um, Game of Thrones. I was very much in the book and, you know, I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's different in the show. That's different in the show. I'm going to be on the flip side of this and be like, I love the show and I know nothing about yeah. the book of the games. What really gets me excited, yeah. I read an interview with one of the creators, and he said they really want to do monster fights, because Geralt's a monster hunter, and I'm not sure if it's going to show up every episode, but we're definitely going to see some focus on some monster fights, and I, I want to see some monster fights. Yeah, well, well see. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a tight season of, uh, I think it's only eight episodes, mm-hmm. which uh, allows them to sort of... Um, stretch that budget over fewer episodes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's, I think it's gonna have some really cool dark fantasy elements either way you slice it. Um, whether that's with a silver sword or a steel sword. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I love that things are stretched over fewer episodes too. Yeah, I um, agree. I, I, the only time I don't love it is with Listen. animation because I like just, I could just eat animation they're usually a half hour and i realize it's harder to do um but i would rather have you know more and more of that there is i don't think there's any television show that could have been 10 episodes that was turned into 12 13 or 16 or 25 episodes that has been made better for it right no just don't believe it no doubt no doubt reason there's a reason the typical arc now is even seems to be getting lower to about 10 episodes because it's just on the, I just on think the, that's a safer. Yeah. On the flip side, there are shows that should have been 10 episodes long and they turned out to be like, what, six or eight? Sure. Very worse for it. Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> couldn't have guessed you were going to reference that. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we should we segue over to that little tidbit that just dropped today? Why well, don't we? That, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. So, so Game of Thrones... Um, they just announced there is a, another show, uh, another prequel. I think it's a prequel. Um, yeah, about the Targaryens. Yeah, so about the Targaryens, and it's at the point allegedly that it is uh, getting close to pilot status, meaning they will shoot an episode and see how they like it. And interestingly, it is. Uh, do I have the name right? Ryan Condal. Do you have the yes. info there? Yeah. Yes. So Ryan Condal, I do believe. He's the guy who's uh, sort of developing this, and he developed a show called The Colony, 
which I did not see. But his name was attached to another little project he was developing called Conan. And that was going to be for Amazon at a time, which seems to be ill-fated at this point. Um, so it seems like this guy, yeah, that's pretty boo, man. We, yeah. I would have liked to have seen that quite that, a lot. That should have been on this list. <laughs> yeah, it should have yeah, been. Exactly. We should have already like seen some, some stills, some production stills at this point, but alas. Anyways, it seems like, yeah, it seems like he was raring up for some, uh, some, some fantasy, uh, and, and maybe he's going to get his shot at it with this show. So my take on this. I give this two thumbs down. I'm, oh, yeah? I am not. Well, <sighs> I think, I think I know why. I think I know why you're going to say that. So first of all, this, this feels too much like Spaceballs to the quest for more money in my, in my, in my, in my gut. Is that a thing? Is no, that, that, that was the running joke that they would all, oh, like they said, okay. they said that in the movie, uh, you know, space, when we all come back for Spaceballs to the quest for more money. Uh, and, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the, we haven't finished the books, a mm-hmm. right, and sure. that's probably where you thought I was going to go with it. The show didn't mm-hmm. wrap no. up in the way that people really wanted it to wrap up. Left kind of a sour taste, and you're just going back to the well, and you're just trying. And I and then you're going to a time period like you're not progressing the storyline or picking up where you left off. You're, this is where I thought you were going to go. Yeah, and this is this is what I'm like. You're you're sort of like this is the the prequel feel to it. No which, one cares about how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. You know, no or I well, cares. well, I will say people do care. They should. It, it, it's just it should have been a lot better than it was. They got <laughs> that story, and yeah. it was garbage. And there's a bunch <laughs> of like people who don't understand basic storytelling who think it's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and I mean. That's kind of, I just feel like that this has all these symptoms of failure written all over it. Um, you know, but the thing is they'll throw a lot of money at it and, yeah. and that will, that will, that will, that'll amount to something. Yeah. But they did that with the final season of Game of Thrones. Yep. Yep. Now, now, I think now the final season, but not to segue, like to go off the on. rails here. Are you going to be the guy who defends yeah. it? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just going to say, I, I think the reason is that the writers were tired of it. They were. Oh, it showed. Like, I mean, that, it that's took exactly so it long for them to do it. I don't know if it was waiting part in George R. R. Martin. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why HBO took, what, two years to finish yeah. a season? I don't get it. I, don't, I, some people, some I have people no they, sympathy for that. Some no. people believe they had that, that, that eye for Star Wars. Now, let me just, let me just cut in for a like, second because. Maybe. Here's the thing. HBO typically has good quality control, man. Yeah. Like they have they they have their own brand and there's certain things you're going to get from an HBO show and like they usually swing for the fences and sometimes they miss. That is I I didn't absolutely loathe the final season of Game of Thrones. I give it a probably a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I mean it's not a it's six not out of 10, terrible. 6 out of 10 dark fantasy with some really excellent set pieces is not a total loss for me, but it is absolutely tragic uh, that that is the final cap on what, there was some really good stuff on there. Yeah, there's also, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's in, in it's very period. hard to get out of a, of, of a series with your yeah. with your skin. It, it really is. I it mean, is. most yeah. HBO shows, like, they have a very tough time doing it. Um, I mean, you know, some people like ones more than others. Sopranos comes to mind. But See, I didn't even think the ending of that was that terrible. 
Yeah, I didn't it, mind it. It was it was divisive, right? Like a lot of people. Yeah, it was it. divisive. Most of. So I mean, they did Dexter too, right? It was HBO Dexter because that has a weird ending. No, that's not uh, HBO. No, no, no I think that had its own. That was like a oh, cable yeah. cable channel. Okay. Uh, but but anyway, I mean, it, it's tough to bail out of a series in any in any way. And this, I mean, it's not like they didn't throw everything at it, like you said. Um, but I don't I don't buy the oh we're we're so tired of waiting and we don't want to write anymore. Like I don't right. know. Then well, do, do your like, job. Yeah, it's just come That's on, true. guys. Like stick, try to stick the landing. And I mean, that was such a pure example of it being phoned in. Try to stick um, the landing. I like it. That's yeah. That's, that's, it. that's well, just I it. Give, I give massive props to you can have a whole terrible second act if your first act and your third act are strong in my opinion right True. you got to yeah. stick that landing and, and honestly if you don't stick the landing that drops your what could be a great score down to like a five or a six in my books yep. yeah now, just back to the to what we're talking about now this potential targaryen show the thing that does interest me the least about this is the fact that it is sort of the you know you're going back to the anakin skywalker bit where it's like we already know where this ends up. I, right. I'm not saying you can't tell a compelling tale about the buildup, but for me, it's like, don't do that. Do, right. t- tell another story. Like when Star Wars gets away from the Skywalker situation, which I think we're going to see in the Mandalorian, I think people's hats are going to be blown off and it's what they really, it's what they want to see. Right? Absolutely. This and so, this goes back to uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut in on you, but we have said this time and time again on this podcast uh, about come up with new stuff, stop yeah. playing in uh, used sandboxes, so to yeah. speak. Well, it, let me just—I think I, I think you'll agree with me when I say that it's not so much the sandbox is fine, play in the sandbox, but bring different toys into it. Yes, and, yeah, absolutely, different play sets. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. it doesn't all have to be the same theme. Yeah. You're playing with the setting. The yes. setting is a lot of what you're selling in this case. And to geeks and nerds, it's a lot about the setting. Mm. I want to see when Solo came out and it was like a heist movie, uh, or so was uh so was Rogue One in many ways. Yeah. That's sort of being playful with the genre a bit. Because Star Wars, as much as it had some of those elements, it was still more of a you know space opera. We, yeah, exactly. A space yeah. opera. Yep. Or what what it kind of defined as one. Um, So yeah, I I don't necessarily, I want to see more. I think there's all kinds of stuff you can mine in what George RR Martin came up with in uh, a song of ice and fire. Like I really like the setting and there's a lot of cool things you can do there. And there's even a massive history tome about it. Right. Yeah. So do that, but I'm not necessarily psyched about going to the Targaryens, especially when you did not stick the landing of that arc. It's like, Oh, let's go, you know, and, so, and frankly, they're some of the more boring characters. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They're not my favorite. Give me a show on The Hound. Yes, please. Yeah. Exactly. Make that show. They're, they're uh, not Bran. I don't care about Bran. Um, nah, no one cares about Bran. Uh, I can't remember his name now. The, the Peter Dinklage's sellsword. What's his freaking name? Peter Dinklage's sellsword. Oh, Bran. Yeah. Braun, yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. yeah, I love Braun. He's my favorite character. I want, yeah, yeah we need to get the the show called Braun and the Hound. Yeah. Braun and the Hound. Yeah, there you go. Now, um, I so. think this is actually an excellent segue to another thing on our list, um, and we're going to go into the literary realm here. Now, I admit I have not read all of Joe Abercrombie's books. 
Um, Joe Abercrombie, Abercrombie uh, he writes, he wrote the Blade itself series, or no, it's the first Law series, so it starts with the Blade itself. Um, the trilogy is in it, it ends with the last argument of kings. I can't remember the second book. Uh, before they are hanged. Yeah, and then there's also what three spinoffs? There like, is Besser of Cold, Besser of Cold, Heroes, and Red Heroes, Country. Red Country, and then he has a short story collection as well. Yeah, and so ends. as well as as I understand it, without reading the entire trilogy, the uh, the trilogy completes a story arc, um, basically Game of Thrones, and then like we were just talking, Game of Thrones has ended. We don't want to go back and see the prequel. Well, Joe Ambercrombie's new series coming out soon picks up with like the next generation, so like yeah. the, the sons and daughters or relatives of. The characters in the first trilogy. I also yeah. hate that. Do you really? I think well, that's awesome. Just, just hang on now because here's, so, here's the thing. Go ahead. I know what you're saying. Like, oh, and let's see what the children are doing. But the thing is, with with Abercrombie's books and his his sense of continuity, everything after the first law were just sort of uh, tenuous connections to other things. Certain characters pop up here or there. But these are, they're genuinely different. Like we were saying about a sandbox, right? He's not telling the same story every time. Some of those characters come back in, but he's just mostly playing with his own tone and voice and setting. So it really is sort of a, it's going to be. Everyone does it, everyone does it differently. And I'm, I, yeah. I realize I totally just came out with a shotgun statement on, on that whole thing. And, <laughs> yeah. and like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I've yeah. just read enough uh, series and seen enough shows where it's just more of the same and the kids inherit the powers and oh it's like yeah, no, an no, extension I mean, of the struggles of the freaking skywalkers yeah, right like it's yeah. the skywalkers kids what really intrigues me though is like joe abercrombie ends the first law series with the introduction of gunpowder kind of as far as i understand it like it's in there yeah but the new books um, they are at the cusp of their industrial revolution. Yeah, it's a pseudo it's not just the family. Yeah. It's the whole world progressing. Yeah, and you get even more of that at the end of Red Country. There becomes some. There's certain things that occur that uh, are really sort of pushing it to that. And yeah, that's right. So, so they're they're beginning into an age of of industry a bit. So now. That, that's cool. I mean, that's different. Like I, I just don't like I, like I'm saying. I don't like it when it's the same I, listen, thing. You know. And, I hear you. I gar- I pretty much guarantee you that's it's it's not going that's not going to be an issue. That's good. I mean, he yeah. obviously he is a uh, well-known author and know, knows how to do this far better better than I do. Um, yeah. So I'll put some faith there. I just know that some of my most favorite series, Dragonlance, as another one where they yeah. did the Next Generation, and yeah, despite the fact that I mean I thought it it was very flat. Like I think they tried to create a, a world without the gods. But guess what? In the end, it was the same gods mucking around that like had been tricked by, um, by the evil God to us. And, you know, like, it, I don't know. It just wound up felt, feeling very empty to me. Like I was sort of yeah, like, I wish we not- just extended more, give me more stories of the characters that I loved in the first place. Yeah. Not, not, I, I would not apply that to to what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, it, it sounds very, different. It sounds early different. early word is uh, very strong. Um, early reviews are very strong, but the interesting part about this is he, rather than how he did it previously, what he did was over the last couple of years, he dra- he did first drafts 
I believe, of all three novels in this trilogy. So he mapped it all out, not just mapped it, but pretty much first draft the whole thing. Uh, then went in, focused on, you know, the multiple edits and drafts of the book that's about to come out. Um, so that he has grand picture and all the pieces are in place and everything is nice and snug, uh, rather than finish the book, have a vague idea of what the next book is. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, he has of course. a tighter, a tighter roadmap, which I think, uh, may pay off nicely. So, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm and I'm to read it. right. I mean, it, it, like uh, the examples that I have feel a little more thrown together. This sounds obviously, you know, I know you're a big, yeah. you're a fan. I mean, it sounds even, very totally, well thought out. It's very low fantasy as well. Like his books yeah. are all about the character. I right. Mean, and which is, as we know, is greater than the plot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so much of so much of the strength in his writing is comes from his his authorial voice. Right? I, I have no grounds to stand on other than I wanted to take a nice hot take for for the sh- for the sake of a podcast. <laughs> Successful, <laughs> Alex. Thank Successful. you. Thank you. Anyway, the book's title is called A Little Hatred, and it actually yeah. comes out September 17th. You can pre-order it now, yeah. but by the time this podcast comes out, uh, it'll be available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and all that. I, so. I actually went into my, my basement where I have my to-be-read stack, and I was about to pull one off, and I was like, oh, no, no. Because <laughs> no, no, no. So Abercrombie's new book comes out in like a week, so I'm just gonna yeah. keep reading these Robert E. Howard short stories while I wait. Nice. Oh, hey, and, and Joe, Joseph, yeah. if you need a narrator, <laughs> yeah, he's got the greatest narrator. <laughs> yeah, ever. Got, yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> he has a sick narrator. If you haven't listened, like that's how I did it. I listened to the first book on audiobook, and I agree with one. Of the, I saw a comment on the, one of the advertisements for the book says the narrator is just as important as the author is in this case like yeah because is- capturing abercrombie's authorial voice is so important and the narrator is fantastic just nails it yeah yeah, yeah he really yeah. does it, it's okay. it's its own amazing art in, in itself oh it is totally is man yeah it, it's- i'm listening to uh gardens of the moon still and uh it's yeah, as you but- will be for the next three years. <laughs> it's, it's taken a while, man. Well, th- what what's uh, interesting is, as an avid audiobook listener myself, there are books that, like, it could be a five-hour book, but it could take me weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to listen to because the narration has not captured me. And then it could be something uh, much longer that I will listen through straight through because yeah. uh, because it's just it has me. Mine's just all circumstantial, right? It depends on how much time I have. I try to just do it in little snatches yeah. of, like, preparing a meal or whatever, but I can't right. do it at the gym because I need metal pounded in my ears. No, so no, right. And different lives. Again, it, it is, it's, yeah. it's well documented that I have an, about an hour to and from work. So like yeah. I can choose yeah. to listen yeah. to anything I want to at that time. I have two and a half minutes to drive to work. Right. All right. Can I cut in? I want to do a, uh, a total switch of medium. Um, something that I've been really sort of anticipating is there's a company called Mini Crate. And what they do is they, they produce limited run uh, metal miniatures, like gaming miniatures, 32 millimeter. Uh, and it's uh, from a company called, um, oh, shoot. Uh, uh, they do War Machine Press. Privateer, Privateer. Press. Privateer, yep. Yeah. And uh, they do, they've done great work. I've seen a lot of their minis in the past. So when this came out, it's like, oh, my God, that's expensive because I'm Canadian, uh, you know, with shipping, et cetera. So anyways, 
I subscribed because I couldn't help it because this one is called Savage Crate and it's essentially every month you're going to be delivered a brand new 32 millimeter Robert E. Howard uh, character. So I just received the first two, which were Dark Agnes and King Conan on his throne, totally Ron Cobb, John Milius, uh, San, San Julian style, if you've seen the art he produced, you know, fist, head on, chin on fist, contemplative Conan, beautiful miniature. Um, and then I'm getting new ones every month. Next month, Solomon Kane is coming. Nice. Um, I realize I work for Monolith uh, and, you know, we produce miniatures as well for Conan. But like these are, these aren't board game miniatures. They're going to be, you know, they're uh, multi-part ones that you assemble. Mm -hmm. So you can obviously have a little more of a dynamic pose. Like true war uh, game. Yeah, exactly. True war, war game. game. So, and I saw a lot of people lamenting the price, right? And I think it works out. Even for me, it's like 17 or $18 a miniature. But like you compare that to Warhammer or something, it's really, it's reasonable. It's, it's comparative, right? Uh, so I just wanted to shout out to that because it's super sweet. And I think you can still jump on on a monthly basis to get whatever the next one is. But they're going to be limited in the sense that they destroy the molds after they do the run. So if you want them, you got to get them. They say they destroy yeah. the molds. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah, they, they say they do. But um, I mean, they would only they wouldn't sell them outside of conventions. Co correct. Like, yeah. They, I don't think yeah. they truly destroy the molds. Well, uh, it would be foolish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So. A couple of questions. So first of all, uh, I have my own small collection of privateer press stuff uh, for a brief period of time. I uh, I never played War Machine. I played Hordes, which essentially is the same game. It's a, a sort of yeah. a, another faction. Of course, I played um, the reptile uh, serpent. Well, not really rep serpent, but um, like reptile and amphibian men. Yeah, I've seen those. Uh, which I love. And I thought that they were, were and they do cross over very well uh, for uh, RPG games as well. Um, and they're amazing, amazing miniatures. And I personally prefer metal miniatures when I paint. Um, I've always found them to be, to take paint a little better and I've had more control for mm -hmm. my, my own tastes. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm psyched to hear that they're metal. I, I do question uh, as cool as the Conan, um, King Conan one might be. What's the, I mean, I've, I see no real functionality in it other than no. it looking like a, it's, you know, a, a cool uh, paperweight or something like that. It's a, it's a display piece for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But also the thing is, if you subscribed for the entire six month run of these, you get him for free. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's good. So, so he's the, he's the incentive yeah. mini. So I, I'm big on the action poses myself. Yeah, and I just want to say it because I want to make this crystal clear that if any of those people are listening, if you do not give me a call and a brule the spear slayer, I am going to raise hell. To hell with you. Then to hell with you. Uh, and I would also love a brand McMorn if you could throw me one of those because those have not ever been produced in miniature form as far as I know, and I think I know. So make it happen. Folks. This conversation is interesting to me because it's a lot like sending my girlfriend talk to her mom in Spanish. I get some of it, but most of it's a foreign language. But I do <laughs> want to say, so I had a little beef with Dark Horse, I think is what it was when they did. I had a lot of beef with Dark Horse in their call comic, but they depicted Brule the Spear Slayer with a spear. He's yeah. a spear slayer because he breaks spears. Don't give Brule 
a spear, give him give him a sword or something. <laughs> like yes, he yeah, is I a don't. slayer of spears or, or a not... broken spear in hand. Yeah. I, think, I think he I think he had a spear in the Marvel comics as well. Perhaps, that could be. Perhaps it's yeah. the spear that he is going to break. Yeah, maybe yeah. you just looked yeah. at it all wrong. Yeah. Well, it's tempting in comic form too because you're sort of like, are we sure? You got used a spear? No, he was. Um, he did use swords. He, he always time. uses a sword in all the completed yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but that's as a as a comic artist where you want to make uh, certain things stand out and be right. You know, and I get it. Yeah. I get it. But if you're gonna but make I mean, a real mini, just give him give him a sword. The bigger grievance is more so that like Howard's picks are sort of uh, Mediterranean yeah. natives, right? Yeah, and they're Jamaican in yeah, the Dark Horse ones. It seemed fairly Jamaican, which yeah. is, a, is a fairly... Dreadlocks other... and braids and everything. Like... Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, whatever. I, yeah, it's not, not the direction I would have taken, but those they, no. they got some cool comics in there. Do, yeah. you think, do you think all the miniatures in that run are going to come from uh, specifically like a uh, Hyborian age? Uh, well, I mean, you know, Solomon King isn't. I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you think you'll see like a Elborak or something like that in there? Ooh, yes. I would see yeah, that. No, you, you are. Actually, I can tell you. The next few that are coming up is uh, after Solomon King, you'll get Elborak. Yes. There's going to be uh, a Serpent Man from Cull. Ooh. So it stands to reason called better be in the next line. Um, you also have Bellet or uh, Belit. Um, and I think there's another. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, villain from Hour of the Dragon, Zaltatun. Zaltatun. Yeah. So I'm psyched. Is it yeah, going to be a, a Shevatas or a Shevatis, depending on. I don't know. I already got a really sweet one from the Monolith game. Of course, yeah, that's him, true. They, they painted them rather. And and honestly, the design... They have a nice Adrian, one. Yeah, Adrian Smith did an awesome piece of art for Shivatis. And Yeah, uh, the art looks great. Yeah. yeah. Does, oh, man. Does you he can't. know that he, sh- he shares a name with the Iron Maiden guitarist? Uh, yeah, I don't... He has to, right? <laughs> it's he the has same to. guy. Yeah. Adrian Smith. Yeah. But... It's nice that we're talking about these other characters of Robert E. Howard because Marvel is uh, doing Solomon Kane and Dark Agnes. Nailing the segues. This yeah. yeah, that, that was nice. Um, so, yeah, Marvel Comics uh, doing Conan. Um, now, I saw some sales figures and some clickbait, which Matt abhors the clickbait. <laughs> Hate it. Um, Hate it. So Conan the Barbarian sold like a hundred thousand units or whatever the, its first uh, its first issue, and now we're I think they're sitting at about three hundred thousand, which is a not three hundred thousand thirty thousand sorry, which is a fairly big sink. It's it's low, but it's well within what was projected. Comics just don't sell that much anymore. It's not a huge yeah. medium, and. Uh, Compared to the other heroes in the Marvel lineup, it's about average. So it's not like Conan's being canceled at any time due to these sales as this clickbait article was going to um, – it was trying to insinuate. And I think there's no better evidence that they're going to expand the Robert E. Howard lineup of characters. Yeah, you're, you're not – if you're if Conan was tanking, they're not going to bring out the lesser-known guns. I mean, they're just – that wouldn't make any sense. Right, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's well, sustaining. Yeah, sustaining, exactly. Solomon Kane, we've talked about before, but I'm interested in Dark Agnes because I haven't read her and I know she's 100% historical. There's no fantasy there. Yeah, I don't believe, no. So, I, I read that a long time ago and I 
I don't recall fantasy being in there. It's just, she's just kind of vengeful. I believe she's yeah. the one who she's in the story called sword woman. Yep. And it was something, uh, it was on her, it was sort of like a kill bill situation as I recall. Yeah. 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 I, I have to so, revisit that. Um, I wonder they're not going to try and put her in the Hyborian age. Like we already know that, but I wonder if they're going to insert any fantasy elements or if it's going to be like a, straight run like if she's gonna be because conan is clearly a member of the marvel universe now with savage avengers and mm. conan 2099 and all and then what um there is an avengers no road home that's a great uh, post great post about conan 2099 oh, yeah, yeah. a lot of people love that yeah, uh, a lot of love for that huh? i i keith johnson who's a friend and friend of the podcast Fellow um, yeah yeah, fellow Canadian, um, and uh, he does all kinds of role-playing stuff. He has his own website called Starships and Steel, and I don't think I've seen anyone more taken with the idea of future barbarians. Yeah, he was super pumped. Yeah, he dove right into like creating his own setting based on Howard's ideas about civilization and barbarism. Yeah. And you can actually read about it at starshipsandsteel.com. On, on some level, I feel like... Keith, you know, in some ways he's super into it, but he's also like expert level troll where he's like, yeah, oh, be, oh yeah. you guys are complaining about it? Guess what? I'm, I'm making a whole thing and I'll have it out by the end of the day. <laughs> uh, so there's our spot, with Keith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wonder if Dark Agnes and Solomon Kane are going to fit in there somehow. Are they I having their own runs or are they uh, just being added as character, like peppered in somewhere? It That's sounds hard. like it sounds like they'll have their own runs or yeah. mini series. They didn't announce specifics. I would not be surprised at all if uh, they try to do, you know, at some point a crossover with a bunch of REHs. Oh, that would characters be cool. appearing. Like, and and this is the thing. I don't. You say yeah, that would be cool. For uh, me, I'm not like I'm not super psyched at the idea, but I'm also not like. I'm not turned off by it. Like I mean, I may not read it if I hear it's really awesome. I might check it out. But what I'm not is abhorred by it or super upset about it because it's just like we have had comics, so many comics for so many years. These things come out every month. If you want to take a few risks and play, play with a couple of different stories, right? It's not ruining the character. And it's, and it's not like, it's not like yeah. they've never trashed characters prior to Conan or anything, you know, or the, exactly. or they won't ever after, you know, they every exactly. character has gotten like the crud treatment at one time or another. Yeah. Uh, and so and then and then again, that's very subjective too. Well, that's and right. we know that Cole went forward in the future to meet Bran McMorn. Like the totally. like, all they need to do is an announce a Cole line of comics, and then do that comic to set up time travel between the Hyborian Age, Solomon Kane, Cole, and Bran McMorn. You just need one character in there, and his name is Gonar. And Gonar yeah, is yeah. the wizard who he appears in in Cull and yeah. in uh, the Bran McMorn. He's basically the bridge. He's like, oh, you're dreaming? Guess what? It's old Gonar. And he'll bring yeah. you ahead. Like, <laughs> Robert E. Howard already did it. So yeah. if, you, if you're going to complain about pastiche at all, then if, if you don't want to see any of it, then that's fair. But to to rip on one thing and not accept the other is just like at least wait for the storyteller to finish do you see what's happening here gentlemen yes yes you're being uh, accosted by your cat yeah. yeah but it's probably wrecking my mic here no so no, far so good yeah. okay okay cool uh, for once I, 
I do th- we need to do a Cole episode sometime because Cole oh, yeah. and his world and the characters are really interesting. So I've been really digging on Brand McMorn lately yeah. as well. Before yeah, we, we leave this yeah. though, I gotta just say that I I am all in, and I mean all in. I will give you my money now for a real dark Solomon Kane run. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think it could be really well done, and and something that. We like comics haven't seen for a while, I think, because no. that period's relatively untouched. You know who I want to see as an artist? Do you guys know who Jay Lee is? I know J A E Lee. Uh, he did uh, something that really stands out. Is he did the Gunslinger comics? Based oh, on neat King ones, neat. Which would fit. That's what I mean. If, would fit the mold. Know. Yeah. You, oh yeah. You have to see the artist, but if he did Solomon Kane, it would be totally sick. So you heard it here first. If that happens, it's because I suggested it. Yeah. So far, so far in this podcast, I've begged uh, Joe Abercrombie for a job. <laughs> you, you have uh, solicited pri- uh, privateer uh, press for a whole bunch of miniatures, and then uh, have um, you know taken yeah. credit for uh, the, the, the Solomon Cain run that has not yet been yeah. fully all of announced. these things. All of these things will come to pass. Gonar visited me in a dream and told me <laughs> we're, we're good. Logan, now, I, I don't know who you're going to go for, Logan, but you got to you got to get some 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 personal pitch, <laughs> some personal yeah. pitch in here uh, for yourself somehow. No, I yeah, no, I'm still waiting for my chance to try it. Some uh, El Borac pastiche because that's up my alley. But, oh um, yeah, it is. It's a whole other yeah, thing. Um, we have not yet mentioned Masters of the Universe or Primal. Ooh, okay, so let's go to the animated Hold on, you, you just pulled out our real big guns. Well, uh, we've been here for a while. I don't, I don't know. It is time. Okay, yeah. it is time. Big guns. So um, let, let's do Masters of the Universe first. Yeah, this one, that one's further out. I think that's a good one to go with. Right yeah. Here. So um, Kevin Smith directing um, a continuation of the plot from the 80s TV show. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe with the animation of the people who did the Castlevania Netflix series, which some people are already bemoaning, oh, anime, but it's not anime. The oh animation is based off of the box art of the 1980s tele- or the 1980s He-Man uh, action figures. First of all, who, why, why bemoan anime? Like, there's so many different styles of anime. I don't think that people realize yeah, what that right. really means. First of all, because the there's I very not everything is giant eyeballed, you know, little little characters with cute faces all the time. There are some very serious and heavy animes, and believe me, I watch a lot of anime. I know. Go no, go my, go talk. No, I, don't get me going <laughs> right now. <laughs> Just. It's not my jam, Holmes. And that's fine. And I, I, yeah. if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But I could point you to plenty of animes that you would say are cartoons. And I get it. Sometimes the features are accentuated a little differently. But Castlevania, nothing was accentuated in any strange way. Good. Right. Like and, there, and there's yeah. plenty that are like that, too. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. No. So, I'm, I, I'm yeah. super psyched about this. And the, uh, the art concept, the concept art that was uh, revealed looks uh incredible to me yeah incredible uh i i question what yeah. the continuation of the plot means so um, actually, near as i can tell there wasn't much of one but i actually watched all of the original he-man not terribly long ago um it's not good 
Yeah, um, no, no. <laughs> as a no. little kid, but uh, there is, there are episodes where there is plot, especially towards the end, but He-Man really waned in favor once She-Ra came out. And so yeah. He-Man's arc kind of wove into She-Ra to the point where He-Man was kind of like the main character and She-Ra got put to the side, which caused the cancellation of She-Ra. Now, the She-Ra show we have on Netflix now will not have any connection or any bearing on the new He-Man show. They're completely separate and they will not cross over. That's already been stated. And that's good. Um, yeah. They're different um, different companies yeah. too, right? Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, DreamWorks. Yeah, DreAmworks does She-Ra. Yep. Is, um, is She-Ra. Um, but uh, so I am imagining that it's going to take the Skeletor story, um, like the rivalry between He-Man and Skeletor and the Sorceress and all that, to its completion, ignoring everything that we learn about Eter. What? No, it's not Eternia. Whatever it's, She-Ra planet. Yeah, Etheria, um, and all of that. Ignoring all of that, and then just going straight back to He-Man and Skeletor. That's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I don't I don't really think yeah. that they can go I, wrong I, with this one at all, honestly. Uh, because I agree. because there's nothing that is uh, how do I say this? There's nothing good about He Man other than its nostalgia, really. You're right. And the fact it's that we love it, like it's not like hold I, on, hold on. No, 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 no. Let me on, let me qualify. Let me qualify. Let me qualify. Okay. The movie, yeah. okay. the movie okay. is crap. We can all agree on this, right? Let's just get that out of the way. And there's really no good re- redeeming. Hold on. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do there. that. There's nothing good about that movie. I'll have my say in a minute. Go okay. ahead. The cartoons, we love. We get. We enjoyed them. Uh, we got a lot of amazing uh, imagination and ideas out of it. But when you go back and you watch them, they are not good. And you just said they are not good. They are not good. What is good is the little comics that came in the toys and the toys themselves. That's really the best part of He-Man and that whole universe. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure you'll find little bits that you loved about it. And I'll give you your piece, even though you'll be wrong. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, But what I'm saying is that they can't do wrong with this. They really... This was a genius thing to bring back because you it's you can't miss you can't miss no matter what they do they can't miss. There was a early thousands reboot that was really good if you haven't seen it It got canceled. So I you know what I heard about it and I have not seen it. I do need to go back. I heard it is really stellar. It is really good. But Matt is Matt is chomping at the bit here to try to to get at me, but he's not. I just feel like I'm my armor is up. I'm not going to disagree with you as hard as you think. Good. What I'm saying is that He-Man, He-Man is not all about nostalgia. It is. It totally is. But the thing that makes it uh, uh, its big strength is its aesthetic y- yeah. and its character design. Absolutely. So, so here's the thing: we've got we've got all of that in place, playing in with the nostalgia. What we need are some really cool plots, super pulp. Um, Big set pieces, just ham up that sword and planet, sword and sorcery vibe. Uh, make it so that it's not atrocious to listen to. Don't put in like, don't make it obviously for kids. Now I know we had a bit of a discussion on that online yeah, the other day. I don't think it should be aimed explicitly at kids. I think it should be something that's more so aimed at the forty somethings who are actually going to watch it, 
but make sure that it is still appropriate that younger kids can still watch it. You can do those two things. Um, so don't insult our intelligence with just silliness. If Orko's not there, I'm not going to be too broken up about it. If he is, whatever. I think we already saw a, con- uh, a concept art for yeah, it. Right? Yeah, I, I don't think I've that. seen the concept art frame. I do want to check that out. Hopefully, he's yeah, drawn I, a little more that. seriously. Yeah, well, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't actually care. Like, if it has the kitsch, that's totally. That, that's okay with me. The other piece was the Masters of the Universe movie. If you check, if you watch that again, the dude who plays Skeletor really gives her man, like. Yeah, he, he, there there is some. He he is good. The it, fact that the fact that okay, let me just say full stop. Any piece of fantasy that is then transported into our modern age is automatically turned off by me. I hate it. Yeah, I hate I it too. so much. Oh yeah, it instantly right. destroys fantasy for me. Yes, if someone's like, and then they go forward in time to New York City. No, I'm done. I'm out. Right. I'm out immediately. No, it's terrible. So it, I hate that element. Especially when it's like part of the whole deal is that you're escaping to another world. Do not bring me to modern a place I can see out on the street. Right. Like, ugh. no it's doubt. Budget. That was budget talking. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It yeah, was budget. Yeah. Now, I think it's important to remember that He Man is a buff dude with a sword. And I can't think of a single time that I remember him hitting someone with said sword. Right. That needs to happen. Yeah, they have to legitimize his they, powers they, yeah. and toughness. Well, they're they're not they're not being they're not being held back by rating or censorship, right? Uh, and it will, anymore. and and that's so that's part of what I'm trying to say too is about the the little comics that came in in the the package. Yeah, um, where they were they were more serious and more gritty and more uh, Howard esque. If you yeah, g- will yeah. give me um, that. Yeah, there are comics like done by uh, Dynamite, I believe, has the license to He Man. Um, do you rem- do you guys recall uh, when you were younger? They were like basically like kids' little storybooks, and the covers were done by Earl Norum of like Savage Sword of Conan fame, right? Yeah. Uh, do you remember those? Like, I I, I distinctly remember one. Like uh, these these covers blew my mind when I was a kid. I mean, I think you could probably <laughs> go back in time and figure out so much about me based on the excellently painted sword and sorcery covers to things. <laughs> and you know how they ended up defining me but i remember one where it's like he's on the front and he man is like wrenching at this massive clock and he's holding back time and his muscles are just flexing and i'm like as a kid i was like oh my god what happens if he lets that happen i'm not even seeing it as a metaphor right it's just like right like he man is literally and i just the power of that image and so for me this is where alex is totally correct where it's all about the nostalgia but it's also about that aesthetic. And yeah. what they need to do is mine the aesthetic and create an, uh, a plot and characters that, that you just really want to dig into. And uh, absolutely. That, absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, I really actually did not mean to diminish I, I, I know, the aesthetic on that. I, uh, I know you didn't. That's why I was just sort of like, I just bit my tongue and was waiting. Yeah, like, because that, that is a big part of it. But that aesthetic is the, what, for me, fires the nostalgia neurons in my brain as well. Yeah, they're definitely, they're working in tandem. And and you cannot, um, I really just don't think they can lose with this one. Um, Because either, if it's great for kids, that's great. You get a new generation hooked on this sort of thing. If it's great for the the 40-somethings that are going to love this, uh, you've also won because they pay the money right now. Yeah, I just, I, I really do think that they're, 
smartest route would be to be aiming at the 40 somethings and not at the kids. Well, their, their smartest cool. route is to find that happy medium for both because those sure. are your two big spenders right now is the kids sure. and their parents. <laughs> then they're both going to want that. I think Netflix is really working on selling our childhoods. Or oh yeah. Oh as yeah. I've, as I've said before. For um, sure. So I think, I think you'll see them trying to, yes, balance those two things for sure. Now, I do want to throw this out here at the very end. Um, if you are interested in an R-rated He-Man, there Uh-oh. is a uh, YouTube fan film called The Fall of Grey Skull by Daniel Benedict. And it's 36 minutes and 20 seconds, and it's phenomenal. Ooh, really? nice. Yeah. Is it live action? Yeah. Oh. I'll check action. that out. Now, you can tell that it's got a budget. Okay. You can tell, like It's a YouTube fan film. But it did have a very small budget, and there are special effects, and it's what you would expect from a fan film. But it's actually well written if you like He Man. So I'm not overly psyched at the idea of an R-rated He Man. As weird as that might sound, just blood and stuff. Like, I, yeah, I don't okay. think he meant yeah. anything like weird. Okay. I think he no. just meant like he's He Man doing the things that he's not doing yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. the cartoon. Well, in, in the '90s show, did that a little bit more so. Like, there is actual some- fighting. Oh, the action scenes were really sweet. Like the first yeah. episode, it has like Skeletor is not Skeletor, and then he gets his face burned off. Yeah, mm. like it's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's move into uh, the other anime uh, animation, not anime. Sorry, not not a word we can use around here lightly. Uh, no. Um, the other animation that is coming up in the very near future, and for me. Uh, I'm going to tip my hand because after we go through this list, I want to go through what everyone's crown jewel is of the of what we've talked about. Uh, this is my crown jewel uh, of all of this list uh, is Primal. I agree, hundred percent. Even more uh, than Witcher for you, huh? Yeah, I have to think about that. But I'm super, I'm super psyched at this. Every everything I see uh, just looks so rad. I think. Um, now, in my opinion, some of the best episodes of Samurai Jack, and I think there's two of them, there's no dialogue. Yes. There is no dialogue in Primal. He does not talk. Let me ask you, let's hop to Samurai Jack just for a second. Yeah. Is one of those episodes in your mind the one with the three blind archers? I was thinking the one with the monkeys where he learns to jump. Okay. Because uh, I know that one too. The yeah. I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like the, the three blind archers had very, very little... Yeah, I think um, it did have a couple lines. Yeah, very little dialogue, but it, the whole thing was him basically trying to approach the tower uh, where yeah, there's these right, three, right. like they were almost uh, like Anubis type uh, archers. Yeah. And of course, like the archer thing like spoke to me like hev- heavily <laughs> right away. I was like, oh, I'm so into this. And he couldn't he couldn't get past them every time that he would he, he would get lit up with every time he would try, he would get lit up by the arrows. And then he had to figure out how, how, to, how to do that and ultimately get to the... Uh, to the, uh, the the tower and defeat them, um, but anyway, that sorry for that segue. Continue with Primal. Uh, yeah, well, Primal has no dialogue. It, what at all? Not at all. I love it. The entire show is all visual storytelling. He does not talk. At that, least that yeah. guy's a genius. Like yeah, what, no, what, a, what an artist. What an artist he yeah. is, and what a risk. Well, what a risk taker too. I think the, the 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 best part is like I think people who get into animation. Uh, are about animating, right? And yeah. You do not if you like, I've I've been to some film festivals and watched a lot of animated shorts, and most of them are not about dialogue at all. They're just about animation for animation's sake, right? And so, 
if a guy's taken that approach, that's, uh, I mean, that's, sorry, cat's blazing around again. <laughs> He's got the night crazy, but, um, yeah, man, I, I think that that's a very pure use of the medium. And honestly, if, if our show is about dinosaurs and cavemen, I don't really want dialogue. No, 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 you don't. Yeah, yeah not, you don't. But sure like, would... like uh, 10,000, no, 10 million years BC, that's old claymation, Harry Harryhausen movie. Yeah. They, they don't, they, they speak, but it's not English. Like, it's just noises. Right. Yeah, but, and I, I imagine it's like an homage to that. I think what I'm mostly impressed, though, is and and I guess why, why I'm so breathtaking by him is that his his ability to translate this into mainstream. There's very few people who have been able to pull that that sort of thing off, and, and yeah. that's what he's doing. He, he did it with Samurai Jack. There was that. There's not a very dialogue heavy show, True. Um, and and he's, he's gonna go full bore on this one and not have it at all. Apparently. Well, yeah. I mean, he obviously has enough clout that he can just be like, yes, based on his name, yep. Yep. I want to do this thing and someone's going to give him the money to do it. Yep. Yep. Um, I do yeah. think and it's it's interesting to me to point out that I I do not believe like, obviously, this is not supposed to be a representation of historically accurate Earth. There's dinosaurs and, and there's and people animals no. and people. There is what I am pretty sure is a bipedal dinosaur person. Which is very sword and sorcery to me, right? Um, and, and 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 out of the realm of of modern, or, uh, not modern Earth, but of Earth. Yeah. Um. So, it, with Samurai Jack, like he played with a lot of genres. I'm gonna assume this is also gonna play with a lot of genres. I like Samurai Jack, but not all those genres are things that I adore. It seems like everything in this show is something I adore. Yeah, and it also seems, I mean, again, trailers uh, can hide quite a bit. Uh, it, it seems focused. Where Samurai Jack, yeah. uh, you know, he every every episode he was trying to go spaghetti western, then change it to something else. You know, it was just, yeah. it, he went different every single time, and that's totally fine. It was cool for what it was. This seems very on topic to uh, a specific a specific well, uh, taste. Yeah, and, and it what, what itself I with the different adventures every episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I would hope to see is that we don't necessarily have a through line arc and just more so have this world with really cool situations. It's going to lend itself to interesting little animated, you know, hooks and situations. Yeah. It does seem like he, the caveman. Um, so we saw that clip of the Tyrannosaurus fighting off. The, the other ones with the horns with the eggs underneath it. Yeah. Yep. It seems like one of the eggs hatches and the caveman befriends the dinosaur yeah, or like yeah. raises the dinosaur. He gets to ride his own theropod, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's a scene in the trailer where he's riding this Tyrannosaurus Rex, this juvenile Tyrannosaurus Rex, and there's like a pack of raptors alongside of him. Yeah. Like mm. going to war. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I think I, we've, we've kind of said it, but I think when this when this comes out, we need to just be on the ready and do a, a whole episode devoted to it because we're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a good time to be Logan. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of good Logan stuff out there. There's some good Logan stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, why don't we why don't we wrap this up? Uh Again, this is my crown jewel, Logan. This is your crown. I agree. This, this is your crown jewel. crown jewel. With 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 Masters of the Universe, probably a close second. 
that was my favorite cartoon as a kid. I had puzzles. I had lunch boxes. And it's I had further out. It's further out. It in all fairness, out. it may not even. It, it's it's sometime twenty twenty. Matt, yeah. Crown Jewel for you. Uh, Witcher, Abercrombie? right? Yeah, I, I got to put my eggs, all my eggs, in the Witcher basket. I thought so. Yeah. Just, just because you know it's a gamble. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but as much as I love animation, and and as far as animation goes, that's the one I'm most looking forward to is Primal. Uh, basically because I do think it's animation in its pure sense. Um, I'm not someone who can get super psyched about, oh, you need to watch the DC animated anime or animated films because that's where the good DC movies are. I just don't care. I just, I can't. Animation does not grip me with, there are some exceptions. I love the old heavy metal. See, and, and it does for me. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I am a big yeah, animation fan. I will watch, I actually watch more animation than I do live action stuff on the regular. Right, and let me let me that just be clear. I, I love animation as an art form. I don't necessarily love it for dramatic storytelling. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying it can't be good. I'm mm-hmm. not saying there aren't excellent examples. I'm just saying it's not my go-to. Um, so The Witcher, uh, that's the one I I most want to see, and also because I'm curious to see how successful it is. Because if it's successful with fans, critics, viewership. It's just going to crack that door open even wider. It, it's for more important. Like show. Yeah. It's important, exactly. Because Game of Thrones kind of pooped a bit at the end. And that's supposed to be the one that opened the door for many more of these shows. And thus far, we haven't really opened up a lot more. We got our Vikings and Last Kingdom, but those aren't fantasy shows. There is a um, show that I have no interest in personally. I'll probably end up watching it. Um, but it's called uh, Carnival Row. Which is yeah, a fantasy no. show. Nah, um, uh, I'm going to go out of my way to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I heard I heard it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I will um, see it, I'm sure. But there's also, I mean, Wheel of Time is waiting in the wings. I read the first oh, two yeah. books. I'm not. I don't particularly love them, but I will definitely watch it. Uh, and the Lord of the Rings series. I mean, they're throwing a lot of money. I'm pretty back. excited about that. I'm not going to yeah, lie. It, it could I be. Could... It could be very cool. And the fact that they're yeah. just they're not they're not trying to prequel sequel or anything they're just setting it in uh sorry what the second age second age yep yeah yeah that's that's rad you know that's there's a lot you can do with that so i think the doors are gonna keep cracking open wider but if the witcher was really terrible it's gonna hurt yeah that's true you know so i'm i would say it's 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 my number one in that i just really want to see how it goes one would hope the people behind that know that the, the, they know of the weight or they're aware of the weight on their shoulders, the responsibility they have to make that good. But they also have to be aware of just how much of a gold mine it could be. Right. Yeah, that's true. This, too. Is, this is a show where like, um, I mean, you could serialize it for, for so long and the characters are already there. Um, yeah. You just need to bring them to life. So I don't know. Yeah. Which yeah. is easier, easier said than done in some cases. Sure. So yeah, that, that would be, that's probably my, my number one I'm looking to check out. I like it. And obviously uh, here we wish the success for all of these things. Uh, and we hope Imagine. that, we hope that uh, you as listeners enjoy the list. Uh, please in comments, uh, as always, let us know what you're looking forward to the most. Uh, what's your crown jewel? Even if it's something that we didn't list, because I'm sure there's things we left off. We sort of just picked uh, a hot list together that we yeah. liked. Uh, and that we were pretty fired up for. So, but you know, tell us, tell us what you, what you guys are all into, uh, what you want to see. Maybe it's the new Jason Momoa show. Oh yeah. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that, but that's okay. okay. We could save yeah. it for another day. 
Just yeah. for the record, Matt thinks it looks like a steaming pile of crap and will eat his shorts if it's any good. <laughs> there you go. We will we will live stream that. <laughs> Watch party. Watch party for short eating. Hey, man, if it is awesome, I'm all for it. I just think that it does not look good. <laughs> Solid. That's uh, great. So uh, we try to bring you these episodes. Uh, we really appreciate your feedback. Um, and you know, we're just, we're just so thankful for all the listenership. Uh, I know we, we don't always necessarily say that, but, um, you know, our, our, our listeners are growing, uh, and that's really kind of just spurning us on to do more and more, uh, and to try to give this as much as we can. We're, we're, we're pretty fired up about this. And uh, my, yeah, last, I- my last little note here, reviews, I'm not begging for reviews for us per se, but if you like something, review it whether it's yeah. weird book or rogue blades entertainment or us or joe abercrombie or your favorite indie author please give them good reviews because yeah. they need those to be seen yeah it uh, it can't be understated um it's not like we're begging to review but i mean especially for the small guys right um these these sorts of things we are working in a niche here um this is not this is not a widely popular uh genre at the forefront of all things so it really it's it's a cliche at this point but it's not even a cliche but it's it's just it is really important to it it is important yeah it it is if even if it's a few even if it's a few lines uh or some stars or whatever uh, even if it's bad i heard even if you you're not a big fan of it um that the actual counting of reviews is better than not having them. Yeah. So interesting. uh, I'm starting to read up a little bit on this stuff um, too. I've read that after a certain number of uh, five-star reviews on Amazon, for example, Mm. it then kicks in a different algorithm and like, and there's debate as to what that number is, whether it's five, 15, who who knows really. Right. But at some point it kicks in a different algorithm and then you literally are starting to show up more. Right. So, I mean, that's really, truly how important these things yeah. are for any of your favorite creators. Uh, yeah. And I mean, for every Abercrombie out there and Stephen King who really can make a living on, on this stuff, there are tons and tons of writers who are working their butts off for pennies. Uh, and, yeah. you know, and it's always just good. It costs you nothing more to give uh, a few words of encouragement in a review uh, and, you know, slap a little four or five star on it if you like it. Or even a good criticism. A good criticism, yeah. too. Don't and, jump on someone because you didn't like it. Like, uh, it's important to give them good good feedback. Do you know how bad a book would have to be to give it a one-star review? Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But I'm, I'm also not saying don't give five-star reviews to your friends. I don't even do that. Yeah, I, I, I've, I don't do that. No, be legit, be real, be honest, be legit, be honest. But you know, if you have a moment in your day and you're sitting there taking a, taking a number two and you're scrolling around, fire review (laughs) up. The bottom line is, is that honestly, the 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 consumer holds so much power for uh, for everything, and and in particular for smaller independent creators. So you know, take this as our parting shot. Exercise your power wisely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and thanks to all who reach out to us, even uh, in private messages. I was talking to James uh, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's reached out to me a couple of times just expressing, you know, his, his uh, 
engagement in the show. And I mean, that's awesome. We love to hear that. So definitely. Yeah. We've had some good, uh, good chat conversations with uh, a number of people and we really appreciate that. We're always, uh, we always try to get on that. If, if it's not, uh, your, your favorite one of us, you get your second favorite at least. <laughs> you know, yeah. And we're all, we're always shooting something off saying something <laughs> stupid. Yeah. All right. And on that note, I hope, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope that the fall, uh, season brings you uh, some awesome sword and sorcery material to ingest and digest. And may your swords always remain sharp. You might need to reboot again. Oh, that lag not, did not interrupt. You got to reboot Just again. Just going to uh, my camp. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs>